0: Hello and welcome to a preview edition of the Parramatta podcast. Unfortunately, Hamish is still absent. He uh, wasn't able to catch a train in time to make the recording. So in his absence, I'm going to step up and run the show. Much to the chagrin of all our listeners. So that'd be me, aka 4020. Joining me to do the preview podcast is Bertie. West Tigers are own 3 still. Beautiful. The only team to be own 3 as well, by the way. Uh, And my good mate, Ham.
1: Yeah, I'm here. What a way to cheer someone up.
0: <laughs> Bertie, Bertie does have a way for words. He is a modern-day uh, NRL poet. Uh,
2: I try to do an um, Owen Wilson accent, but, you know, I've got nothing else besides, wow, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. Um, is
1: that going to be your introduction every week?
2: <laughs> just, <Yeah>. Until, until <laughs> just, the scum win, I'm planning to do a uh, tweet out an Owen Wilson gif every time.
1: <laughs> the Tigers are 0-24.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, Tigers are 0-56. Imagine. <laughs> all righty, let's jump straight into the action, boys. We actually got a fair bit of NRL news this week, uh, mostly bad news, unfortunately. Um, as has been the want to K or want <clears throat> for the Eels in terms of injuries. Uh, it was confirmed today that unfortunately, what we all suspected had occurred on Saturday night. Ray Stone ACL on his right knee. He's gone for the season, and not just the season, but uh, his. Well, I'd say Parramatta Eels career, but Parramatta Eels career to date. Who knows if we can have a reunion of the club down the track? Uh, what a way to go out for Stoney right boys he blows out his knee scoring the game winning try in an injury that I wouldn't have I think it was mentioned on 360 but you know a lot of people blowing out their knee like that would drop the ball in pain and Stoney still made the extra step and dived over the line to score the try
1: yeah it goes to show his toughness resilience and want to win you know it's, it's yeah oh, I've been a big fan of Stoney for 20, a long 2017, time 2017 man
0: that's when we saw him come to the club in the Holden Cup back then he was a standout in that grade all the way through to our grand final push uh, he, he just epitomizes what so many coaches want in a player.
1: Yeah, and that, that I can see why, you know, he was one of the first signings for the Dolphins, you know, and I think Wayne Bennett come in and said, um, you know, he probably bullshitted a little bit saying he was priority signing, but you can understand why he would be sort of, yeah, no, no you know, joke. you want to get take... there and set standards. Exactly. For the young bloke. He,
0: he is the guy you get into training and he will just lead the way. He, I think uh, it was mentioned by Mitchell Moses in the post game First, the training, last, the leave, the bloke that's doing the most extras. That is who Ray Stone is. That is why he scored that game winning try. Yeah, that's right. And then, uh, more fallout from that game, boys. Um, pff, the NRL judiciary, and the, well, more so the match review committee. I'm, I'll give the judiciary the benefit of the doubt for the time being. Uh, but the match review committee showing how much of a farce, even in its new iteration, it still is. Zofa so Solomona cleared of a dangerous cannonball on Junior Paulo, no charge. And for the reckless attack on Mac- Makahesi Mackatoa's head. During their running uh, feud on the field, he received a Grade One dangerous contact charge, which uh, will hit him for the princely sum of fifteen hundred dollars, but one thousand dollars once he takes the illegal guilty plea, which I believe he already has.
1: The, the thing with that first tackle in Junior Paulo, it's technically not a cannonball tackle because, by the definition, a cannonball tackle has to have two; has to be, he has to be the third man in. Like, can't we change? You know that.
0: that. Where, where does common sense like get interjected yeah. there? Like, junior boy is He's clearly being held up, up by a player, up, and he yeah.
1: dives in right at the, underneath the knees. So, like it's the exact same whether he has one, two, or three players wrestling up a top. Yeah,
0: he could have you have twelve players on him, the whole team tackling him, and the and thirteenth player come in. It's a cannonball, same as if yeah. one player held a player up, still a cannonball. So yeah. uh, a weird, it's the
2: it's the act. It's not, the cannonball is not the guy holding; it's the dive the legs. Like yeah, exactly. this is this is this is where technicality pisses me off. Like we had the Jaden Campbell one because technically, the first point of contact was hands. Tell me, how is the hands stopping? For, back to Jaden Campbell. How is the hands stopping the blow for the knees? And how is just because there's one person this tackle this makes it a safe tackle? He's still coming in with the same force. Doesn't matter if it's even if it's just one person. If he's just standing there, that's what's. Yes. It, just
1: inconsistency and just stupid ruling from the NRL. And they want to change all these rules, 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 yet the ones that they should change, they just leave.
0: And yes, then they, sir. they
1: change rules that don't need to be changed and then they leave that sort of thing. And then, you know, it might be one in every 10,000 tackles, but mm. that one that one tackle can injure players.
2: Yep. And then and then the fact is they're saying, so, so he's come out Lee, right, if anyone's watched it and said, he should have been Simbin, should have been a penalty at least. It should have been suspended, so it should have been a grade two, right? Which is automatically a two week suspension or some shit. Mm-hmm. And then, but then what makes it this is, the, this is the kicking point, right? He says, We so when uh, for future references, they can't use this as to get off to a grade one, like for future um, for like a to clear your name essentially, like as, as an example for future cases because they deem this as a grade two. Yeah, so, so if you deem this yeah. as a grade two, why don't you have the power to enforce a two week suspension?
0: Bertie, Bertie yeah. preempted me there, but uh, just to lay the groundworks for what Graham Ansley said. He took great care before he said anything to distance himself from the Match Review Committee, who he uh, stressed at great length is an independent body from the NRL headquarters now. They operate mm-hmm. uh, entirely under their own purview, their own jurisdiction. And while the NRL headquarters had the power to directly refer an incident that was missed to the judiciary or Match Review Committee, uh, they cannot actually override or influence any existing charges, which is what the problem was, is that Asofa Solomono copped a grade one charge. Uh, so Annesley, in that statement, went on to say that, like you said, Bertie, the incident warranted a SIMBIN that was the prevailing opinion at NRL HQ, and that while he believes the bunker, sorry, the bunker, the match review committee followed the correct process in terms of assessing the charge, uh, he broke up the, 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 how the, the various areas and how they determine a charge uh, attracts a certain grading. Um, he mentioned that it was... Uh, the swinging arm, uh, the uh, process of falling was a mitigating factor, um, like so, so like harm to a player and there's a few other things. And he mentioned that the match review committee graded the initial contact, the swinging arm to the back of Mack hessey head, as low to moderate. And once again, the prevailing opinion at NRL HQ was that it was uh, a step above that and should have warranted a grade two charge as a result. Uh, and But what you finally said is that, yes, uh, it can't be used for precedent because that's what one of the journos instantly asked him, it won't be able to be used for precedent because while it was a ruling, it did get charged, uh, the new system in place, the new… Uh, Headlock. Yeah. They, they, they're they able to curate what is uh, the the ideal or, or sort of the instructional uh, example of a grade one, two or three uh, careless, reckless, intentional charge. And they felt that this one is definitely outside of the jurisdiction of a grade one and it will not join the video library for the lawyers and players to be able to defend themselves with.
2: Pretty much. They're, 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 without admitting it, they stuffed up, right? Oh, 100%. They're, 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 and he, honestly, and I don't know, honestly, the head office is throwing the MRC, or no, so MRP is a match review panel whatever. I get them to mixed MRC, up, MRC, MRP, whatever. The, the they're right? throwing them under the bus saying, you didn't go hard enough, but we're not going to punish you for that or we're not going to do your job, but, which is stupid because if, like, Abdo's the CEO, he, like, it's just, ugh, it's just like me saying, technically, that's not my area. I'm not going to intervene. Surely Apto has power. has to have something, right? has <laughs> to have something.
0: Like, I imagine that. I imagine there would be discretionary powers if the right club or the right player
1: uh, needed it. Yeah, them. exactly. We're not the right club and McIntyre's not the right player. Mm-hmm. Milk, whereas um, Melbourne and Sofa Solomona have been there. The NRL has favoured them for years, going back right to their beginning. You know, this is going back a little bit, but before their game on Saturday, uh, Voss or one of those other kids were saying Melbourne the best team to come out of adversity. They've had one, one, one season of adversity, not and mm-hmm. not really adversity. Like, oh, they got caught for cheating the salary cap for five years. Do they have to lose players? No, you, you, nothing. Nothing happened to them. Do they have to give their? They get their name marked off the book saying that they won those years. It didn't oh, no. didn't get
0: the actual title like the uh, what's it called? The trophy pieces is taken off them though.
2: No. What about okay. what about when they said oh they're going for an injury problem or injury uh, concern because they lost Christian Welch and you know uh, George Jennings to one game with Brendan Smith? Hello, we've lost we've lost every someone each week essentially. I think the only week we didn't lose someone was last week. Oh sorry, the um the, the Cronulla Sharks game. I, I, could, I could be wrong, but we've lost someone either to a long term injury or a season injury. But we don't have an injury problem at the moment. But like Melbourne <laughs> yes. do. They're, it's they're so
1: kissed on the dick by the NRL, the media, everybody. They love oh. Melbourne. They want to love Melbourne, and yet they suck money away from the competition.
0: And I'll tell you what: I after the fallout from the incident, I certainly hope that no Eeyore has a careless high tackle this week. That probably, should, <laughs> that probably should get a probably would get a, a fine most other weeks, but would get two weeks <laughs> after the uh, the MRC sort of uh, raise uh, their shields up and sort of react to all the criticism. But uh, let's move on, and, boys, because this and, one will get and, us too far. Really,
1: and it'll be one where they're like a foot from the ground.
0: Yes. And it, <laughs> that, that was the other fascinating thing I say. Let's move on. The fact that the MRC tried to exonerate Nelson Sofa Solomona on the basis that the player was falling, which has clearly been a point of distinction for referees all along, is that falling does not exonerate a player defensively of their responsibilities. No matter how – if a trip face first and fought your shins, you make high contact, you make high contact, you wear the consequences. Insanity. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. A little bit of signing news. Well, not – not signing news, but potential signing news. Eels uh, are allegedly dropping out of the race to sign Jack Bird. Uh, the Saint George Illawarra Dragon was linked to the club in recent times, but apparently he hadn't talked to the club seriously since January, where he had a sit down with Brad Arthur. Uh, but yeah, since then the Dragons have offered him one point one over two, and the Eels have said that is too rich for us, I believe. Uh, but we were linked to Cronulla Sharks back rower Britton Nakora, who was a pretty handy player.
1: Yeah, definitely sort of. I think he came in the same year that uh, Murata did, or about, about a similar time, uh, similar age, like 20, 25, 26 he'd be.
0: I think Just so. A Maybe he's a touch younger than...
1: Born in 97, uh, so he's 24 at the moment. Um, he come, You know, he's, he's got a bit of potential there. So, you know, I, th- I think BA, it's the sort of player that BA could turn. But then again, Tigers are after him. St. George is supposedly after him. I'm not sure how they'll do with um, retaining uh, Bird. Mm-hmm. But there's a few other guys, you know, you go through the the potential signings. I think um, bringing Matt Dury back to the club would be really nice. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's had a few injuries. And with the Bulldogs seemingly signing every back rower and fullback that they can, um, there's a spot for Matt Dury in the team. Jackson Torpenay, goal-kicking second rower. He's another pretty talented youngster in the Dogs. So, look, there's players that are going to be there. It's a shame that we're going to be losing Papali'i and Murata from our forward pack, but they're replaceable. They're not. Those guys... Like, even Papali'i had his best game on the weekend. He could have that game every week. I still don't think he's worth $600,000 to us.
2: Nah. Not when you got Fafita yeah. on, like... Yeah. I don't know what he doing. Like, it's just... I've never pay an extra for Fafita because he's a try scoring um background. I'm not shitting on Papali'i. I I, t- I said last week, I regret... I'm not regret. I take everything back what I said about him, but... Start hitting the scoreboard. Then we're going to start missing him. But until then, oh. yeah,
1: I, I think that you know he's he's, he's obviously worth six hundred thousand dollars, probably even more to the Tigers because he'll he'll lift the standards over there, and um, they definitely need him. But he won't be playing like a six hundred thousand dollar player over there. So you know that's that's the catch twenty two for Isaiah is stay here, but not worth six hundred thousand, <laughs> but play like a six hundred thousand dollar player or go over there and get six hundred thousand, but not play like a $600,000 player. So it would have been hard for him, but um, yeah, we just got to look forward and, you know, I think we'll, I think they won't be easily replaced, but I think we will replace them.
0: Yeah. So that recruitment is definitely a work in progress for the Eels. We're starting to get linked to a couple of players here and there we've seen, uh, but the, by all accounts, I should have a reasonable war chest to build uh, a, a signing campaign on. It's got to wait and see what they do. But um, Hammy listed some, you know, good value prospects right there. There's definitely, even if you can't land a superstar, there is value to be had in the market this year.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah, on the top end, it's probably a seller's market, but on the lower end, it might be a bit of a buyer's market because there's mm-hmm. a fair bit off contract.
0: Yes, sir. And that's where the eels tend to do their best work. So I look forward to that one. And obviously, as soon as we get any, you know, concrete links or if we obviously sign someone, we'll be all over it on the podcast. One last little bit of it's not signing news, but it does pertain to one of our actual 2023 signings. Eels are coming out saying that they're strongly committed to Josh Hodgson and getting him rehabilitated and ready to go for next year. Um, I believe that it was something on the lines of that the club is working closely together with the Canberra Raiders to ensure that he gets the best uh, possible recovery plan to have him fit for next year. I mean, it, it's I always say it's much ado about nothing, but you know, obviously for Josh, it'd be very uh, comforting to see the club coming out and batting in his corner. Uh, but this was always going to be the logical step for the club is to come out and support their signing. Um, I imagine that Hodgson's going to give it a red-hot crack to get back to full fitness. If anything changes between there and then, you'd find out pretty quickly, though.
2: Um, you know, it's, look, look, you know, we caught a bit of flack last, a couple of years ago when we pulled out of the Christian Welch deal, but you know, we were doing our due diligence. Uh, I feel as though um, it's... Look, the people going to complain that he's had, what, four knee injuries or four knee recos, like... I don't know. Who else? Who else are you gonna? Who, who are you gonna sign? Who, who, who? Tell me another. You know, dummy half is not gonna have a contract next year. That's just, you know, starting level. You I'm know? sure. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm sure Broncos fans would drive Jake Turpin down to Parramatta <laughs> to get him rid of him. It's a <laughs> and yeah. him right back. <laughs> it's a, It's not a great market. I think the biggest thing for the Eels is that uh, counting on Josh Hodgson to go the eighty every week next year doesn't seem like a responsible thing to do. But they've got the options to platoon him off the bench. Uh, whether they re sign Mitch Rain, who's been uh, making a nice impression early on this year, or Brendan Hans can develop into that relief dummy half. They've got guys so, in the frame. But,
2: but see, Reid doesn't even play 80 at the moment. Like, it's, it's a different story if Reid plays the full 80. Like, all you know, we sometimes give him a break. So well, Reed, I don't
0: mind. You're right. Reid is playing the 80 right now, but he'd probably be better off being spelled uh, just before half time. Uh, we saw fatigue mm. become a factor in his game against Melbourne with a number of uh, rough missed tackles at, uh, and mistakes that proved quite costly in the context of the game. Uh, but, yeah, so good to see the Eels come out and backing their signing. I think that's it for the news, boys, unless something's broken in the last 10 minutes since we've been recording. Um, time to move on to the previews, I dare say. So we'll start with the junior reps, as we always do. Uh, Eels having a triple header out, uh, well, up against the Illawarra Steelers. Now, Ham, this one's got the switcheroo, right?
1: This, the, yeah, this, these are the ones who got the switch. All, all of them. All, the, so age yeah, comps got all the, the age comps
0: got the switcheroo. So this one was scheduled to be in Illawarra. Yes, but is now at Kellyville, yeah. yeah so now be held at Kellyville on Saturday. I have to imagine that there's some uh, backlog of Waterville or something else in the mix in terms of the field integrity that's going to cause again to be rescheduled. Just quick looking at these uh, teams, Tasha Gale, well they're absolutely high flying. They enter this week in second on the ladder, if I recall correctly. Uh, yep, second yes. on the ladder. They're taking on the Steelers, who are looking to push into the top four. They're just two points behind the Parramatta Eels, plenty to play for, obviously. Uh, then looking at the uh, ladder. In the context of the two teams, uh, Eels have made uh, one or two changes this week. On the wing, uh, Jacinta Tui comes back uh, into the lineup. She was playing centre two weeks ago, had a fantastic game against the Bears. She replaces Amina Kanj on the flanks. Otherwise, the only other notable uh, omission is uh, Petalina Atoa in the front row. Uh, she is out via concussion, I believe. So uh, Chelsea Steel comes into the starting team. Chelsea scoring a nice try at the end of the game last week. Uh, Sides from that, the Eels are uh, as they were against the Rabbitohs in the starting pack. On the bench, Catalina Vave moves from the 18th player to the 17 jersey. Looking like she'll be in the mix to play this week, obviously. Otherwise, it's uh, the same bench that beat the, uh, beat the Bunnies. In the Harold Matthews, they had a couple of enforced changes due to injuries in the back line. Ham. We saw that double blow on the one moment with uh, Richard Penassini and Junior Fagalele both getting seriously hurt. That means the Eels have made the following changes. Uh, Zetas Muagatutia comes into the centres and then on the wing, young Dom Ferugia, who was very good against the Bears a couple of weeks ago. He gets his second shot this year. Uh, aside from that, there is a change in the back row, I believe. Jordan Faglione starting. Um, was it? I'm trying to figure who started. Uh,
1: there's the also um in the back line, uh, Noah Tatoa on the wing for Luke Maroon.
0: Oh, you're right. Yeah, I didn't even didn't even see Luke Maroon look <laughs> out. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you got yeah Philo Tanuma uh, Tenumaferno on the wing there. So yeah, even more changes. The only oh, yeah, Muhammad Al Madin and Michael Gabriel returned from the starting back line last week. Wow, huge changes there. Really keen to see what Dom can do though. Zadis also had a very good game against the Bunnies. So a couple of good replacements there. Um, but yeah, otherwise on the bench, a couple of changes. Lock and comes in there. And Josiah Funaluta, who was 18th player, 18th man last week, he's in the bench or on the bench, as it were, for the SG Boar. Uh, they're sort of just rolling with the punches. They've got injuries and all sorts of other concerns. A couple of changes this week. Uh, we saw Patrick Spence hobbling around him. He's out for what I imagine it to be the rest of the season in the reps. Freeman Forsyth named at fullback. He played there last week, but that was a late change. Uh, looking for that team. Rowie Lack is back in the halves. And that bumps, I, well, I have to think that Ryan Canning's probably hurt, given that he's not named in the team anyway, but Ryan Lack, you know, halfback. Uh, Saxon Pryke moves from prop to lock as Daniel Reardon moves from back row to prop. Jacob Davis gets his first start done half of the season. Charlie Geimer comes back in the team. Uh, usually a centre, they're trialling him in the back row this week. Interested to see how he goes there. And at the very least, he gives it, Eels a dynamic player on that edge. And then uh, Nick Linares drops to the bench, uh, and that's about it, I think. I don't think there's any other major changes, unless I'm missing something.
1: Um, no, that's that's it. Yeah,
0: and the uh, Harold Matthews boys, well, they're in the hunt for the finals. They're right in the thick of it. They are sitting in fifth this week, playing a Steelers team that are down in 11th. So if they take care of business here, they have an outside chance of finishing in the top four results pending, uh, and obviously if a game against the Raiders in hand too. But they've got to win and keep the chasers off their back. But for the SG ball, unfortunately – uh, their loss dropped them down the 10th and a uh, whopping five points adrift at the top six. So it's fair to say, with only four points up for grabs, they're probably not making the finals this year.
1: Yeah, especially playing a Steelers team that's in the top four. So, yeah. you know, there's a few young fellas in the team, might even be playing Jersey, uh, Jersey flag next year. So, mm-hmm. uh, But those that will be playing SG ball again, you know, it's good
0: redemption for them. Yes, sir. So that's the junior reps. They'll be out at Kellyville on Saturday. And then following them in terms of the age grades, we've got the jersey flag, uh, the eels right on on top of things this week, having uh, dropped the you know the information about the game without the actual team list. Uh, so we're going and to go and then
1: interesting information because at, at the leading into the article, round four at Kellyville Park, and then you go further down. Kickoff is at two thirty on Saturday, second of April at Collegiate Sporting, Sporting Complex, Complex. Gold. <laughs> so,
0: Sorry. and then the actual New South Wales Rugby League data says that it is indeed at Collegians. So.
1: Yeah, <laughs> who knows?
0: <laughs> uh, but who knows based, based on the team that we saw beat the – I might say Melbourne, but it's Victoria Thunderbolts last week, uh, they should turn out pretty much the same injuries pending. Given that uh, Charlie Geimer is in the ball, we expect Lachlan Blackburn to retain his spot in the centres, which means an unchanged back line from the team that knocked over the Bolts. Um, and this this would be if they do have the same team, it would be the same team three weeks running, uh, barring uh, Blackburn and Charlie Geimer. So they have a nice little bit of momentum, nice nice little bit of consistency, and they're taking on a team in the Steelers in this grade. Nah, no, it's, it's the Dragons. George Dragons, Dragons uh, who if I just quickly check results, Dragons who knocked them over in round one in fairly controversial standards and haven't won a game since. They have, however, drawn a game. Uh, it's fair to say the Eels have gone from strength to strength since Ham, and they'll have a little bit of re- a little bit of revenge on the agenda. i so say.
1: Well, this is the third time. Uh, in about six weeks, they've played them, I believe.
0: Yes, the trial, round one, and now round four. Kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, so six or seven weeks, The time playing. Um Hopefully, we've worked them out. Hopefully, they haven't worked us out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we can get the win from this uh, TBA team.
0: That's it, the TBA Eels. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, so moving on to the big boy football now. We we'll start with the New South Wales Cup. Eels coming off a tough Tough win over the Mounties in torrid conditions out at Kellyville, eighteen to twelve. There, they're now taking on the keep saying, keep saying Illawarra Steelers, but they're taking on the St George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, Dragons coming into this game zero and three, so that's another yeah, one for Bertie. They're, they're not dead, looking good.
1: Dead uh, last. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Hills were obviously very impressive when they met them in round one, uh, and now if I don't know why the the scheduling is as it is in the twelve team comp that we play them so quickly again, but uh, Eels have a chance to consolidate their position inside the top four this week. If a good win, they should take care of business. They've got a reasonable team name this week, considering all the uh, handicaps the NRL teams place on them at the moment, but they've got Hayes Perry at fullback, Big Solomon and aduki on one wing, and Zach Sini on the other. Uh, center pairing of Samuel Loizu and John Olive. Jordan Rankin is the captain at 5'8", and we believe that Jack A. Williams will play this week. He was named the play last round, but was not a later mission as he was dealing with an injury from the week before. Offerkey Ogden and Wiramu Gregg are a powerful pairing in the front row. Mitch Raine back from a sternum injury. at Dummy half helps steer them around. In the back row, Dan Kier is on one edge. Good to see Ellie Elsgaham back from what I believe was a hamstring niggle that kept him out for the first few rounds. And locking the scrum is Kyle Rodwell. On the bench, Luca Moretti, Keaton Walkington Meads, Brendan Hands and Peter Tatillo. Actually really liking the look of that bench now, Ham. They're starting to get some uh, good minutes and good impact. But, yeah, this is a, a pretty well-balanced team. Like I said, they're wrong if the punches want the NRL given them, but Ryan Carr and the boys are doing a good job.
1: Yeah, definitely. As you as you said, that bench looks really good now. Um, although I would like Brendan Hands to come in. I just, you know, Jack Williams is a fine enough player, but I just think the top 13 should be going to players who are contracted either first grade. or Obviously, Jack has a contract, but I think Brendan Hands is a bit higher in the pecking order mm-hmm. just for first grade. I'd, I'd just like to see him... Uh, in the halves there just you know, I think his long term position is hooker, but just getting minutes on the field, like you put Mitch Rain in there, he's gonna be playing sixty five, seventy minutes. Br- Brendan Hands playing ten minutes isn't gonna not doing him anything. I'd rather him play in the halves, just get on the field and then, you know, when he gets a chance jump in a dummy yeah, half. It's but.
0: a bit it's a bit tough to even put hands on the bench and then go with small ball with uh, Mitch Rain playing lock forward while hands is a dummy half because that bench is just loaded with good middle forwards.
1: Yeah, it's yeah. I'd like to see hands come in in the halves there, and uh, Jaden Yates. Who I thought you know he was sort of struggling around the sixty fifth, seventieth minute, but he got through. a bunch. He got most tackles in his game last weekend, and um, you know the calls were to keep moving Jaden, and he kept moving, and he played a full eighty minutes. First, first game of the season, yeah. mm-hmm.
0: so good to see young Jaden back in the mix. They obviously not picked this week, whether it's injury or selection, because the other sort of guys were ahead of him probably on the pecking order, but he'll be in the mix. Um, so yeah fair point about Brendan Hans Ham I would like to see him getting on the field a bit more because like you said he's, he's probably the leading candidate to be the utility guy yeah exactly and unfortunately exactly. no NRLW to preview this week boys our ladies losing by too much in the terms of the four and against and missing the finals but even if they had made the finals uh, with the news that Bertil Welsh has done her ACL it seems like they would have been making up the numbers
2: I tell you what, man. The doctor that's doing all these surgeries, man, he might need to have some time off because this is getting ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, every yeah.
2: week he's doing someone's knee, and you know, I might have to give him a retainer.
0: <laughs> yeah, the uh, what's it? What's the knee specialty when you do ankles, knees, and uh, what's the uh, uh, orthopedic the leg doctor? The orthopedics. Yeah, whoever. Nah. The, <laughs> That'd be it. Uh, whoever the uh, the specialist is there for the NRL or the specialists, they're making uh, a very uh, unhappy amount of bank. I'd say <laughs> a lot of people getting hurt due to knee injuries this year. And, you know, that – I will say that, but that sucked out all the fun of that game even before the Broncos had really, you know, put us through the cleaners. But watching Vettie Welsh just go down, no, cont- uh, no contact, was a real heartbreaker. All righty, boys, let's move on to the main event. Eels coming off that victory against Melbourne, looking to get some uh, – I say revenge, but uh, it's a low burn or slow burn revenge against the St. George Laura Dragons. They knocked us over in round five last year in a bit of an ambush at Bank West, as it was back then. And in this game, the eels and the dragons look like the following. If I pull up the dragons quickly, pardon me. Very well. Prepared. By
2: the way, before you begin, is Paul McGregor still in the, at the club?
0: Yeah, Paul McGregor is still a consultant yeah. for the eels. Yeah, alongside Mick Ennis. Oh,
2: the Paul McGregor Cup, hey? This is I'm a bit of a, a Paul
0: McGregor Cup. The the McGregor Alvaro Cup. We can call this one Justin Paul Memorial. Yeah, the Justin mm. Paul Memorial. Is There's a few crossovers there. Uh, yeah. For the dragons, they're coming off a game where they got absolutely clapped by the fins of the Cronulla Sharks. Um, that was in tough conditions and they just weren't good enough they look like this young tyrell sloan at fullback you got matthew fear and Michaeli ravalawa on the flanks Moses sui and zach lomax bring that w- sort of weird balance of thunder and finesse in the centers in the halves talatau amone and ben hunt who was their captain francis molo moses and bai, and blake laurier in the front row jack bird jack Goswowski and Tariq sims are the back row on the bench, Jack DeBellin, Josh Kerr, Jackson Ford, and Aaron Woods. Extended roster, Tao Tao Monga, Pawasa, Farmasuli, Daniel Alvaro, Andrew McCullough, Jaden Hunt, Jonathan Rubin, and George Burgess. Anything that worries you about that lineup, Bruce? I they mean, it's a it's a reasonable lineup on paper, but at the same time, it's kind of hard to see a big game threat.
1: Ben Hunt always seems to be... I'm very glad he's not playing dummy half, because whenever... you Last game he actually played dummy yeah, his half. His best game. I come think that's from his best half. position. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad to see Moses by Andrew McCulloch must be injured.
0: He must be or carrying carrying Nigel because thinking. taking him by as your only dummy half.
1: Yep, only dummy half.
0: Yeah, it seems uh, like a losing proposition.
1: And um Aaron Woods just loves an offload against Parramatta. Yeah, he, back, he backs his backs his control.
0: way in the contact and then just uh, stands around and gets the offload away.
1: So, you know, those two for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> they just seem to play well against Parramatta. Well, uh, same as Ravalawa. Yeah, Ravalawa's well had a couple of big games Sevo. against
0: us. Yeah. Well, thankfully – well, I say thankfully. Obviously, we wish Michael was healthy, but in that regard, thankfully no Sevo for him to have a good game over because he certainly seems to circle that matchup, doesn't he?
1: Yeah. Hopefully our Fijian winger this time is better than their Fijian winger
0: this time. <laughs> Bertie, you're looking at that Red V lineup. Anyone you're watching out for?
2: Um, oh, Lomax. He's sort of like – he's X-Factor. Like, you look at him – He's got that step, he's got that footwork, and then, you know, like, when it comes to Ravalava, you need, like, three people in the tackle, and he has the, the ability to get Ravalava one-on-one plenty of times, which is, you know, you, you're crying for that as a center, you know, how many times we we want, you know, um Young Will, or even um when Wonga Blake's in the center to get his winger a one-on-one, essentially, but um I'm more worried about the pack, you know, it's not like the Dragon, not Dragon, it's the Shark game all over, they're a big pack, and I'm talking, like, you know, Josh Kerr on the bench, like, he's a, you know, he's pretty tall and massive. Like, we know what they're going to do. They're, they're essentially, they're, they're like us. They're going to have a power game, and they're just going to try and run through us. And, you know, like, um, you know, we've versed them the trial. They beat us. Uh, miraculously, um, what's his name? The guy with the one eye. What's his name? McGuire was playing halfback, and he was dominating uh, us. Like, they,
0: they beat us. They, they beat our second stringers after getting an absolute insane run of possession. But, yes.
2: Yeah. They, but, like, I just... They, it's going to be the Sharks game all over. Like, I just feel as though, you know, um, they're going to try and bash us and we're going to try, we're going to have to try and, you know, fight back. And, you know, if, it might be like Tim Zhu. He gets knocked down the first round, but he came back swinging <laughs> great, and dominated. So, great
0: comp. Yeah. Yeah, great comp. Uh, and it also worth reminding that they did ambush us last year at Bank West with a, a set what of. Sundays.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. With a set of rucks balling tactics that really caused us to lose our way. Uh, but, the team that's taken on this year, this week, hopefully can do one better. And they look like this with Cap, uh, Captain Quint Gufferson or co-captain Quint Gufferson at fullback. Wonga Blake reprising his role on that wing as he was desperately scramble to fill out their flanks. Will Penasini and Tom Opelczyk in the centres. Uh, Bailey Simonson named on the wing, but he will be, I have to imagine he'll be in the concussion protocols this week. Have to wait and see if he is good to go. But the club obviously confident he's good to go having named him. Unchanged halves, thankfully, Dylan Brown off an outstanding game against Melbourne and Mitchell Moses, 6-7. and seven. Front row, Big Reg, Reagan Campbell-Guard and Junior Paulo with Reid Marnie at Dummy Huff. And apologies to Junes for mispronouncing the name all those years. It's just one of those things that was, I suppose, taken for granted by all on sundry or commentary included. But yeah, this uh, last week in Multicultural Round, the club put out a tweet with the boys pronouncing names and it is Junior Paulo, not Junior Paulo. In the back row, you've got Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali'i, and Nathan Brown. On the bench, Makahesi Makatoa, Ryan Madison makes his return from a hamstring problem. Good to have uh, Maddo back as we lose a back row in Stoney. Uh, Eels doubling down on reinforcing that back row with Bryce Cartwright getting uh, what we imagine would be his first game time of the season on the bench. And then on the final spot, Oregon Kalfusi. Uh, And much like Junior, it's not uh, Kalfusi, it's Kalfusi, I believe. With that emphasis on the start, but there you go. Extended roster: Mitch Rain, Wiru Greg, Hayes Perum, Kai Rodwell, Solomon Naiduki, Samuel Loizu, and Ellie Elskeham. Yeah, I mean, all things considering, boys probably a lineup as we can name. Eels continue to try and scramble to fill those wing positions uh, with pretty much whatever living body they've got. Uh, it's still Wunger and Bailey at this stage, but who knows what the week will bring. But I do, and uh, I do like having the double back row reinforcement on the bench.
1: Yeah, having that. Um, sorry, having that uh, big bench, you know. I'd like to see, fingers crossed, we can have less minutes for uh, Reg, Junior, and Brownie. <laughs> you know, if the game's going well, you can bring on those bench forwards and they can just sort of ride the momentum that those guys bring. Um, and then Bryce Carr, is he's the X factor in this one. Like, I think, actually, last year, this game last year was Bryce's debut. He was. And yeah. he didn't have a good
0: mm. one. No. He did not. Oh, yeah. Two, two runs he a for, of balls. yeah. Two runs for a handful of metres and a couple of drop balls. Like
2: and that, his yeah. defence we were behind and we were playing catch-up football, so he had to. He felt as though he had to do something. Very true. Yeah. So hopefully this time and
1: it's his first game for the 2022 season. Hopefully he has a little bit better. Um, but just something about him on the bench, like, I I, I like it. I think that, you know, Laney and Puppley have done very well this year, but, you know, you chuck Cartwright in the middle there and just opens that ball. Like, he's been drifting across field a lot this year. And I wonder if the I wonder if that's a directive from Ba or if it's a directive from Ryan Carr or if it's a directive from Cartwright himself that he's just going to be, (laughs) but he's just sort of been like he's still progressing as he goes, but he's just sort of putting the defence like where's he going to go? Is he going to step back inside? Is he going to offload? Is he going to pass? You know, he's going to have that crabbing run, and like if our players are up to it you know, Papa or Sean or whoever hitting those a short ball of him crabbing cross field, you might be able to find some holes.
0: Mm-hmm. Good call there. Uh, and, you know, even just as little as uh, the fact that Sean Lane, who I think has actually started this season in very, very good form and tremendous nick, it wouldn't hurt to just spell him a little bit around half time, either before or after, and let him stay a bit fresher. Uh, and Bryce can be injected and make a difference against the uh, rotation work there. But, yeah, really, really liking the balance of the team, all things considering, obviously, the starters – in the forward pack are dominant, and out in the back line, they're making do with what they have. Tom Opelchick having a fantastic game against Melbourne. Maybe we see a little bit more out of Will Penasini this week. Uh, he hasn't really been featured or spotlighted much by the Eels in the first few rounds. This might be his opportunity. All righty, boys. Uh, I, suppose...
1: oh, I thought Bernie's going to go there. I was just say, yeah, we'll be oh. up against uh, Moses Sully. So, you know, you get Will early ball there. He can use his footwork and speed and sort of get around the big man.
0: Good call, good call. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about in this game? I mean, there's... <sighs> I don't think there's too much on paper The the dragons have been okay. They uh nearly beat an understrength Penrith. They, you know, got warped by the sharks. This is a game the Ills should take care of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I said if we've I think it was if we said we're fair income against the Titans, but this one, you know, dragons coming off a big loss. I I think they played up to Penrith. I don't know if they've got that in them. Like Yeah, I just I, I can see us winning in Winning comfortably. I won't say win big, but we'll win comfortably.
0: That's fair. Speaking of winning margins, let's get into our predictions. First try scorer, margin of victory or or scoreboard uh, sort of uh, final scoreboard readings. Bertie, I'll start with you, mate. Who you got for both?
2: Uh, so I think Parramatta are going to win. Um, I think it's, you know, it's going to be raining all week. So it'll be like a, uh, under 40 points. That's my bold prediction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, hashtag gamble responsibly. Um, <laughs> I think we're going to win probably like, you know, 18, six or like 20 to six. I just feel as though, uh, there's going to be a lot of drop ball, you know, a lot of stoppages, you know, kicking a lot, of time, the ball's going to be out of touch. So I think, you know, it will be a, um, Mitchell masterclass in terms of not, not chip and chase or, you know, high flying, but in terms of taking care of the ball and, like, getting your defense. It'll be a defensive grind. And mm. I feel as though Moses will help, will balance out with his kicking game because you look at the Dragons, so like, I don't know, Amone, if he's got a kicking game. Ben Hunt, you know, he's more of a hooker these, these days. So, you know, who are you relying on for them to kick him out of the pressure? So, yeah, you know, I'm, I, I, for first try scorer, um, I'm going to keep backing my boy Will. You know, surely, you know, he's going to score. He might score three tries, you know. <laughs> uh for Parramatta but uh yeah I just feel as though you know him get as Ham said he get on the outside of Moses Sully you know he's not he's probably not quick enough laterally so yeah either he's going to score a lot of tri- he's going to score two tries or you know he's gonna, either, either he's going to score a try or he's going to set them up because um yeah he's footwork and yeah that's it
0: there you go astute commentary there from Birdie talking the or taking the weather into account there Ham you got to follow that one up mate
1: well uh, yeah Birdie did raise a very good point there that you know, it's going to be raining all week. It's going to be a slippery surface. Maybe we don't go out to Will um, early as much as I would like. Maybe we bring a couple of players in tight. Well, again, I'm a huge fan of us playing really close to the ruck. Look at uh, Clinton Gutherson's try on the weekend. Um, short ball out to Dill, runs through, done. Um, Wanga Blake's try, short ball, short ball, short ball, short ball, I, gets to Dylan. long ball. That, that was
0: something we didn't talk about in the review podcast, but I like that they actually shook up their attacking structures of Gutherson a little bit on the weekend. He actually yeah. played more of a traditional uh, backup or support play fullback.
1: Yeah, rather than that sweet player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And I really like him to do it this game. Get in a dummy half, see if we can get a quick play of the ball. You know, what we need to do this week is tell our players, don't be mattresses. Don't let the Dragons players lie all over you. Mm-hmm. You've got to fight to get up. Every time, as soon as you touch the ground, kick your legs out, move, shake your body, like do everything you can to force – a quick play of the ball, a penalty, or a six again.
2: Breed needs That's to be bad. in the YMCA position, sticking his arms up every time. Yeah. That's what he should do.
0: So, <laughs> come if on, sir. If there's
1: one thing Michael Ennis can teach Reed Marney this week, put your arms up in the air. <laughs> That's the one thing he can teach him this week. Um, <laughs> adds that, Parramatta to win 16 to 4, under 12 points, under 40 points. Um, first try scorer will be Judas himself, Reed Mahoney. And yes, I will be referring to him as Mahoney because he is
2: Judas. <laughs> oh, jeez!
0: <laughs> I I uh, respect the levels of pettiness that the Parramatta Podcasters want to go to. You got to.
2: We don't we don't hold grudges here. <laughs> Just <laughs> old field grudges.
1: I, I will I will call Junipalo by his proper pronunciation. But yeah. Reid Mahoney can get <laughs>
0: fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Reid does Daza was a big bounce back game too after uh, a less than stellar showing against Melbourne Storm. I'm sure he'll be hunting for it. My prediction. Uh, I mean, it is hard to go for. It. I mean, we saw the sharks put the dragons through the cleaners and in, in tough conditions, but it is always hard to back a big win in wet weather. I'll go a little bit above him and I'll say a 20 to four victory. My first try scorer. I mean, he set up our first points. I think he's probably deserves to score one. This one I'll go Dylan Brown deal to just nice. keep, keep uh, rolling and, and running as he has been want to do. And yeah, this is a, a game. Like I said, the Eels should take care of it. The dragons have shown, they know how to play spoilers against the Eels, but you got to think there's a – maybe if there ever was going to be a little bit of official uh, rub of the green or love from the match officials after what happened against Melbourne, maybe it'll be this week. Maybe you're kidding, is. You're kidding,
1: not You're kidding. Tell me. No, you're kidding. Kidding.
2: We'll, we'll, we'll get worse. It's Man, we can't even get luck from the match review panel. What are you asking for? <laughs> we can't get anything.
0: Uh goodness. Uh, But yeah, all three boys tipping the Eels to get up at various margins and scores. I don't think. Very
1: surprising from (laughs) Harrod.
0: I don't think. Yeah, Hamish hasn't sent us through his predictions. So he can be the one bloke that picks the outrageous blowout by the Eels. He can pick the uh, 30 plus or. 69 nil. Yeah, 60. I mean, it happened. Eels have have won in torrid conditions by, you know, 60 something points. So, you know, it can happen. Uh, But. Yes, that is the end of the podcast, boys. Unless there's something you want to talk about in terms of other codes. Obviously, Bertie, you mentioned Tim Zhu uh, got knocked down in the first round, but then fought eleven pretty clean and comprehensive uh, comeback rounds following that.
2: Yeah, so um, you know, first time he's got dropped in his career, and uh, the the guy the guy kept hitting him, and uh, you know, uh, he kept getting a few right hands from him. Like like Tim Zhu gets better every fight, and. He's gonna need address to address the right, you know, the rights that he kept, uh, 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 you know, eating. Essentially, because um, the winner of the next fight, Castano versus, um, I forgot the other guy's name, Jamal uh, Charles, I think. Man, they they bloody swing for the fences, man. They're like straight, you know, street fighting. So he's he's got the title fight next, which is, um, you know, well done. But um, yeah, a lot lot to work on. You know, he's not as invincible as you know we thought he was. You know, even though his record, you know, is impeccable, I just feel as though, um. You no, know, well done. He's gotta work on his finger, that's it. But uh yeah, other than that, um NFL's been quiet, you know, it's week two of free agency, nothing crazy as far as I'm concerned. That's it. But
0: uh other yeah. than that, uh NFL yeah. draft coming up, Birdie, that obviously will spark a bit of discussion for us boys and Hamish when he's back and obviously Ham mm-hmm. too, hey, who's a died in the wall Green Bay supporter.
1: Uh but- pack go. I go pack saw a, go. I saw a fella cheesehead wearing a jumper waiting for their bus and I gave him a lift to the station
2: <laughs> oh aren't you a Corey Norman aren't you uh, uh, was it? Was that Corey Norman who did it before or was that someone else oh I don't know I remember someone some Paramount player gave um, a fan a ride to the game or some shit oh no I might be imagining it but I just remember seeing something like that <laughs>
0: yeah uh, but yeah I, th- oh. I think we'll sign off there boys unless there's anything else you want to say otherwise we'll
1: catch um, this goes out to all Dragons players, members, staff, fans no means no
0: Ain't that true That's actually a good way To sign off mm-hmm. Bit of an issue yeah. Issue there uh, You know No does mean no No yeah. means no Yeah and on that Salient point We will sign off Thank you guys For listening to us Ramble and rant For 40 uh, odd minutes This week It does mean a lot to us We'll catch you guys In the review podcast On the weekend
1: Catch you later, To the eels
2: Yeah.